Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In John chapter 21, we find Jesus exhorting Peter three times to feed his sheep and take care of his flock. Each time, Jesus asks Peter, quote, Do you love me? And Peter was hurt the third time Jesus asked him. Sometimes our Lord Jesus Christ will hurt us in order to draw us closer to him and make us more obedient disciples. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 21 and look at this wonderful conclusion to the Gospel of John. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It's a Sunday afternoon here in Texas and hopefully y'all just loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, growing to love him, growing to spend time with him. We say it over and over and over and over. There is nothing in our lives that is more beneficial, more edifying than spending time with Jesus, spending time in prayer and in praise and in worship, and in thanksgiving, spending time in the Bible, in the Word of God, reading and studying and meditating and memorizing, and above all, obeying those scriptures, the living Word of God. This is how we get to know Jesus better. We grow to know His love for us, and we grow to love Him more. So, again, um, whatever you're doing today, spend more time with Jesus. So, it's an exciting day today on a couple of fronts. Today we are finishing the Gospel of John by the mercy of our God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, we're in John 21 today. We're going to do uh, verses 15 to 25, Lord willing. Um, and uh, Stephen and Dustin, I forget how many teachings there are. I think it's around 90, 90 something teachings. Um, and uh, you know, it's just, it's been a, golly, it's been a year, over a year that we've been, uh, you know, going through the gospel of John, you know, just uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we'll have covered every verse in the gospel of John. So it's just a, uh, it's just a privilege to, to study the word of God and to, um, you know, to just break it down and to just, to be fed in the word of God, fed in the scriptures is just a blessing that's um, that we'll never understand the, just the, the incredible blessing it is to have our Bible. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, just for the blessing of, of this gospel of John. And, uh, and we're blessed that uh, my man Dustin is back. Uh, you know, he's back in town. He's, uh, you know, he moved away. Dustin is a, one of the leaders in our ministry and uh, he, uh, he moved away and he's uh he's in Nebraska. He's he's uh, he's doing a good job out there. He's uh you know, he's part of a church out there. Dustin is gifted in ways um that I'm not. Dustin uh you know is uh, is gifted in understanding counseling um and uh, and wholeness and healing and hope. Um and so he uh he does a good job in that and he's also always been a part of our uh, of our IT team. Stephen leads the the uh you know, the IT, all that goes on, you know, in the ministry, Kristen does a good job. Um, and Dustin has always been very helpful in that. So welcome back, Dustin. Um, uh, you know, he's there, he's out there with Steven as, uh, you know, as we're doing this recording and, uh, his insights 
and help have always been a blessing. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy and favor and goodness and grace on our lives. Father, we thank you that we have a Bible. We thank you that we have the living word of God. But Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect life for us. We thank you for dying a torturous death for us. And we thank you that you are alive and risen today, and we worship you today, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now. Open the word of God to our hearts. We ask you to give us eyes that see and ears that hear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. John 21, we're going to start in verse 15, and we'll go to the end of the chapter, verse 25. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the... This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. So you remember in the, in the last teaching, Jesus, uh, Jesus appeared on the beach. Peter, um, you know, he had not seen Jesus for some time. We don't know. It could have been a few weeks. Um, and like many of us, when, you know, when we don't have like an incredible experience with Jesus or we don't feel, you know, uh, a particular intimacy with Jesus, we don't, uh, you know, we don't feel his presence, so to speak. It's easy, easy for us to go back to our old lifestyle. And, you know, we saw earlier in the chapter that, you know, Jesus hadn't showed up for a while. And Peter said, I'm going fishing. Now, Jesus had in the previous chapter told him, as the father has sent me, 
I am sending you, right? We can turn back there um, and we can see in, um, in verse, uh, all right. Uh, uh, I am, uh, I'm looking for it here. Um, so yes, it's in John 20, verse 21. Um, it says again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the father has sent me, I am sending you. So, you know, as the father commissioned Jesus to go into the world in that same manner, Jesus has commissioned us and the disciples to go and make disciples as he tells them in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's the great commission we have from Jesus. But we saw in the first, uh, first half of John 21 that Peter goes back to his old lifestyle. He goes back to what he did before he knew Jesus. And we talked about how often we can, uh, you know, when we're not, experiencing the presence of Jesus or we're not excited about our walk with Jesus, how we can go back to old ways or go back to worldly ways. And sure enough, it didn't work. They caught nothing at all. Um, you know, Jesus has commissioned Peter to go out and to make disciples, to be fishers of men, as he told them in, uh, in Luke 5, right? And so Peter has no success. Not only that, but he took six other disciples with him. Right. When we go back oftentimes to our old lifestyle, when we go back to worldly ways, oftentimes we take others with us and we lead others astray. Um, and you remember in the first part of the teaching, they caught nothing at all. Right. Um, it says in verse three of John 21, I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Professional fishermen did not catch one fish because that's not what they were supposed to be doing, right? Jesus had commissioned them to go and make disciples. Um, they were supposed to be waiting on him, right? Um, but, you know, and like I said, that's something that uh, that oftentimes is something that that we're guilty of, right? I know that, you know, oftentimes, you know, I, uh, I'm not good on waiting on Jesus, right? And I can, uh, you know... I can I can move forward even in ministry in ways that you know you know he hasn't uh, he hasn't commanded me. So we want to consistently wait on Jesus, right? And we want to be doing the things he's told us to do. And clearly, those are listed in the scriptures, right? So um, they catch nothing. Um, Jesus shows up. You know, we talked about how no Jesus. They had no fish, no blessing with Jesus. They had more blessing than they could bear. Right. You remember um, he tells him in verse five, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. We talked about why Jesus would ask them a question. He already knows the answer to verse six. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So, again, no Jesus, no blessing. 
Jesus shows up on the boat. He gives specific directives, right, Esther? Throw your net on the right side of the boat. And when they do it, they have more than they can handle. And again, that's a principle in our lives, Dustin, right? When, uh, you know, when we're obedient to the word of God, when we do what Jesus tells us to do, there will indeed be blessing. When we don't make Jesus a part of anything we're doing, certainly we don't have his blessing, right? So um, they finish, uh, they, they haul the net up. Peter hauls the net up. Jesus tells him to bring some fish. He already had some fish cooking. He says, come now and have breakfast. Now we're in verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. So why is Jesus asking them this? Three times Jesus is going to ask Peter, do you love me more than these? Um, and we're going to talk about what does he mean by more than these? Now, you know, uh, you know, uh, many scholars, you know, they see a restoration of Peter here. They, they see a, uh, a recommissioning of Peter. And the, the only evidence we have of that is that Jesus three times asks Simon, do you love me? And three times Peter tells him, I do love you. And three times Jesus says to, to take care of my sheep, to feed my lambs, to make disciples, right? Um, in all my study of this, I personally cannot see, you know, any reinstating of Peter, right? Many scholars see a reinstating of Peter here. Uh, there's no place where Jesus, you know, you know, just removes him, right? There's no place where, you know, where Jesus uninstates Peter, so to speak, right? Certainly Peter denied Jesus three times. And so many scholars see the fact that Jesus exhorts him three times here as some type of, uh, some type of reinstatement for Peter. Um, and again, perhaps that can be the case. I'll say this, if it is the case, Peter certainly does not feel like he's been commissioned. He doesn't feel blessed, right? Um, you know, it says in verse 17, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? So Peter clearly understands that, that Jesus is questioning his devotion, right? Um, so Peter does not feel by any means reinstated. He doesn't feel by any means affirmed. Like I said, some scholars will see... Uh, a reinstatement here. I personally don't see it. Um, it says when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Why is Jesus ask him, asking him this? Well, we just read in John 20 that Jesus had told him that, you know, he's sending Peter and all the disciples to now go out and make disciples, to build up the kingdom of God, to be representatives of Jesus Christ, as we're called to be, and the advancement of the kingdom of God, the gospel of God, in the name of Jesus and for Jesus. Peter doesn't see Jesus for a few weeks, um, and immediately he goes back to, again, a lifestyle that Jesus had called him out of. He's not called to be a fisherman anymore. 
He's called to be a minister, right? He's actually an apostle of Jesus. So when he says, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? What are the more than these, right? I think it's it's very probable that the more than these are, you know, Jesus is pointing to, you know, the the boat, the nets, the fish, and in all that Peter had gone back to. Because again, remember, uh, Peter hasn't seen Jesus. He's seen him, this, you know, he saw him twice already after his resurrection, actually three times. Um, and now he hasn't seen him. And so not knowing what to do, he goes back to, to what he knows, right? He goes back to his old ways. He goes back to a former life. And so when Jesus says, right, Corinne, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? I mean, almost certainly he's pointing to, you know, the, the fish and the nets and the boats and all that, you know, all that represents Peter's lifestyle, you know, and it's a, it's a question for us today, right? Do we love Jesus more than, you know, more than the world? Do we love Jesus more than, you know, more than things in the world that Jesus has called us out of? When you and I live in sinful ways, when we live in disobedient ways, we clearly are showing that we have more devotion to the world than we do to Jesus. And so because Jesus has clearly instructed Peter that he's to be making disciples, right? Um, and yet Peter goes back to something that Jesus did not tell him to do. He goes back to his old ways. Clearly Jesus is questioning him here. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? It's a hard question. And it's a question that Jesus is asking every one of us today. Do we love Jesus more than, you know, the world, more than the things we want to do? Do we love Jesus to obey him and follow the call of God in our lives? And I'll, I'll say for myself, oftentimes this question would apply to me, you know, more than it does Peter, you know, because, um, you know, sometimes I just... You know, I want to do the things I want to do. And, you know, oftentimes I'm not seeking the heart of the Lord or the direction of the Lord for what he would have for me. So he would say to me, John, do you love me? He says, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? He certainly said, Dustin, do you love me more than these? Stephen, do you love me more than these? Lauren, do you love me more than these? Kristen, do you love me? more than these? Scott, do you love me more than these? Put your name in there, right? What do you love more than Jesus, right? For most of us, it's just our, we love our life, right? In the, in the West, uh, you know, in the Western, you know, United States and in Europe and all our, the first world countries, we have such comfortable lives that we just love our life and our fun and our hobbies more than we do Jesus. And Jesus is challenging him and he is indeed challenging us today. It's not something we want to hear, but Jesus is challenging you and he's challenging me today that do you love him more than, than all these other things in your life, right? Peter says, yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, 
feed my lambs. Okay, Jesus said, if you love me, you're telling me you love me, well then do what I told you to do. Love for Jesus is marked by doing what he tells us to do, right? To say that we love Jesus, but to not obey him, right? You know, you know what is it? Is it Luke 6, 46? I think it's Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say, right? Just because you say the words doesn't make it so, right? I'm going to turn there. I think that was Luke 6, 46. Um, I could be wrong. Um, Luke 6, 45. Yes, it is Luke 6, 46, right? Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You know, all of us walking around saying, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. But one of the great evidences that Jesus really is your Lord is that you obey him and that I obey him. Um, and so Jesus, you know, says to Peter, Peter says, you know that I love you. So Peter knows that Jesus is God. He even says, you know all things, right? In verse 17, he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Um, and so Jesus said, well, feed my lambs then. Do what I told you to do. If you love me more than your old lifestyle, then obey the word of God, right? When Jesus speaks to Peter, he's giving him the word of God. Jesus is God. So when he speaks, it's the word of God. You and I show that we love the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, when we do what they say, right? Feed my lambs. Verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. So again, he asks him again. Um, now, why is he pressing on him? Again, Peter is using the words, I love you, right? And that's something we are good at, right? We can often use our words to say, I love you, but yet our actions don't oftentimes in any way show our love and dedication to our heavenly father or to the Lord Jesus or to the Holy Spirit or to our wives or, or, you know, or anyone, right? Peter keeps using the words, I love you, but Jesus is saying, show me by your actions. Does that make sense? Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep, okay? Um, that's wonderful that you're telling me you love me, but I want you to show me that you love me by doing what I told you to do, which is to go out and make disciples and, and take care of my sheep, right? Um, one of the great ways we know that we love Jesus is that we have a heart for his people that we have a heart for our brothers and sisters of Christ, in, in Christ, right, May? Um, Jesus said, you know, take care of my sheep. One of the ways, again, is, is, you know, to really understand that we're walking in the love of Christ is when we have a heart for his people. When we're looking, again, to, to be a blessing to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to build them up, um, to strengthen them in their faith, to be a blessing to them materially. We have brothers and sisters in Christ 
all over the world that are in tremendous poverty, right? And we ought to have a heart to be a blessing to them, right? To, uh, to take care of them. And above all, we ought to have a heart to, to build them up spiritually, to help them grow in their faith and devotion to Jesus Christ, right? Verse 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So here it is. Why is Peter hurt? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Obviously, Peter is hurt because he's told Jesus twice now that I love you. But the fact that Jesus keeps keeps asking him, right? Peter is, uh, you know, Peter's getting the idea that, G that, uh, that Jesus doesn't believe him, right? Peter keeps saying the words, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You know I love you. You know I love you. And Jesus keeps saying, and he's hammering home to Peter, and he's certainly hammering home to us, that if you love me, then do what I've told you to do. We know, Uncle Dennis, right? We know that we love Jesus if we have a heart to obey the word of God, okay? Your devotion to Jesus, your obedience to Jesus is what just very, very clearly dictates, you know, how much you love him, right? Uh, in John chapters 14 and 15, Jesus makes it clear that, that the one who loves him is the one that, that does what he says, right? Um, and so, you know, examine your own heart today. Do you genuinely love Jesus, right? Do you have a desire to obey the scriptures, do you have a heart to repent and to examine yourself when you, you know, when you make mistakes, when you sin, when you fall short? You can tell how much you love Jesus by how much time you want to spend with him, how much time you want to obey him. You know, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not rocket science, right? It's, it's not brain surgery. Your devotion to Jesus is similar to your, to your devotion to any relationship in as much as, you know, the amount of time and effort and devotion as you put into a relationship, you can see very clearly, you know, your love for in that relationship. And it's the same with Jesus, right? Um, now, let me be clear here. None of these things have anything to do with our salvation, okay? We're not saved from our sin. We don't go to heaven by loving Jesus. We don't go to heaven by obeying Jesus, right? We don't go to heaven by doing anything, right? We go to heaven, we're forgiven of our sins, and we go to heaven by simply trusting and relying and clinging to Jesus and Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. So a Christian is someone who's genuinely trusting and relying on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul, right? Um, are you trusting in Jesus today, in Jesus alone? 
The Bible says that all human beings, Romans 3.23 says that every human being is sinful. Every human being has fallen short of God's standard. All of us are hopeless, helpless, and desperate, right? We need a savior, and without Jesus, only hell awaits. You're not sure today, right? Maybe you think that, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, but I'm not sure that I'm trusting in him. If you're not sure today, right, Alicia? Um, I was, uh, you know, I, you know, I met with this lady. She's a, uh, you know, she's, she's retired, but she's still working. She's a brilliant lady. She's an attorney. Her name is Alicia. And, uh, and I'd asked her this morning, right? Have you called on the name of the Lord? Right. I was at a, I was at a diner with my brother, Jason. And, um, you know, and Alicia was over there and, um, she's a patent attorney, I believe. Uh, I believe she's in her seventies. Um, and I asked her, you know, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? John 1 verse 12 says that to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Romans 10 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now hear me, it's not our words that save us. I say that all the time. You can't just puppet some words and you're not saved because of something that comes out of your mouth. It's Jesus. It's Christ that saves us. But we use our words to communicate our heart to Jesus, right? So have you, have you genuinely and sincerely called out to Jesus and asked him to be the Lord of your life and save you from your sin? If you're not sure, you can do it now, right? You need to do it now. You know, simply humble yourself before Jesus, right? in as sincere and genuine way as you can, and simply call out to him and say to him, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a, a sinful person. Lord Jesus, I know that I am hopeless. I'm helpless. I'm desperate. But Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that you came and lived a perfect life for me and died a a horrible, torturous death for me. And Lord Jesus, I believe you are alive and risen today. And therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask you now to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. I place all my faith and hope and confidence and trust in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's how you become a Christian, right? Um, and again, if, if you're not sure, rewind the tape, use the words I used, but, you know, keep in mind, it's the genuineness and sincerity of your heart that matters. Humble yourself and give your life to Jesus today, right? Now, once you've done that and you are a Christian that's trusting in Christ for the rest of our lives, we spend our, our time loving him and growing to know him and growing to obey him, right? Um, and as Christians, Jesus is saying to us, John, do you truly love me? Right? Um, May, do you truly love me? Linz, do you truly love me? And if we love him, we'll have a heart for his people. Right? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Jesus is telling us, if we say we love him, it needs to be manifest. It needs to be exemplified, right? In, you know, how we live our lives in obedience to the scriptures. 
None of us are perfect, but when we when we fall short, we repent. We ask forgiveness and, you know, we get back on the right track doing what he's told us to do, right? Verse 18, I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. This is an incredible statement. Um, historians tell us that, that Peter was martyred for Jesus and he was sentenced to be crucified like Jesus, but he pleaded that, that he would be crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to be to be killed in the same manner that Jesus was. So historians tell us that Peter was martyred for Jesus and that he was actually crucified upside down with his feet at the top of the cross. So Jesus is telling him here, I tell you the truth, verse 18, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. You know, you know, when Peter was younger, you know, he was full of energy and we see it throughout the Gospels, um, you know, and, you know, he was um, he was outspoken. He was bold. Right. He did what he wanted to do. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Verse 19, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So, uh, again, that's, you know, that's, that's extra biblical, right? It doesn't tell us in the Bible how, how Peter died, but historians tell us that, that Peter was crucified. And again, that he, he asked to be crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to be, you know, to be, uh, crucified in the same way that Jesus was. Then he said to him, follow me. Verse 20. It's amazing that Jesus has just exhorted Peter, right? So much so that he hurt Peter, right? And again, you know, we have this idea of Jesus. And again, Jesus does love us unconditionally, but oftentimes his love will cause us to hurt us, right? Sometimes Jesus is willing to hurt us. I mean, how many of us, Dustin, right, have, have gone through such difficult trying circumstances, right? Verse 17, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Um, why would Jesus intentionally do something that he knows is hurtful to Peter? You know, we, we don't know who we're dealing with. Oftentimes, if not all of the time, it's when Jesus hurts us and allows us to go through difficulty and suffering and trial and pain that we truly come to know him more, right? My wife and I were talking about this this morning. Um, you know, and I was, I was saying it's amazing that I know that it's in the difficult times that I'm growing to know Jesus best, but I confess that, that I don't like the difficult times. I don't like suffering. I don't, even though I know that I'll be better off on the other side of it. So I ask you to forgive me, Lord, right? Um, but again, Jesus is just, you know, he's, he's, he's corrected Peter. Um, he's, you know, he's questioned his love and devotion to him. Um, 
And now, you know, Jesus says, follow me. And Peter just moves right back into Peter. Verse 20, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? So Jesus has given Peter explicit instructions that he needs to go make disciples. He's told Peter the kind of death by which he would glorify God. Um, and he's told Peter to follow me. But like all of us, Peter should have just said, yes, Lord, and followed him. And certainly I'm guilty of this. We're concerned about what Jesus is doing with everyone else, right? Uh, we really need to focus on ourselves, our own lives, and our own walk, and obey what Jesus has told us to do. Now, make no mistake, everything in the scriptures, Jesus has commanded all of us, right? That as disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to obey him and we need to help others obey him and walk with him and grow to know him, right? We need to help others obey everything that the scriptures say, right? We need to help others receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Meaning we need to we need to share with others the good news of Jesus and that we can't earn our way or work our way to heaven, right? Um, but... You know, it's amazing that how often we can be more concerned about what Jesus is doing in someone else's life when, you know, we need to to follow what Jesus is doing in ours. You know, we've I talk about this with the guys in the ministry, but, you know, sometimes with your spouse or something or with your children or with a friend or a coworker, you know, you can be in a disagreement and they may be 90 percent wrong and you may be 10 percent wrong. But Jesus expects you to repent for the, for the areas where you are out of line, right? Now, it gets very hard because if they're 90% wrong and you're apologizing and asking for forgiveness for just the, the 10% that you're wrong, and yet they refuse to repent for their 90%, right? It gets hard, right? I'm just saying, right? It's like, you know, I'm getting Lord, you know, you know they're giving me, you know, crap about, you know, about what I did. And yet what they did is 10 times worse. And Jesus said, what is that to you? Right? We need to follow Jesus. We need to obey Jesus. And if the other person is not, uh, not repenting or not asking for forgiveness, or, you know, they're not willing to, to meet you and the reconciliation, you just do what you can do and leave them to Christ. Right. And it's hard. Um, it says in 21, when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Verse 22, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And certainly Jesus has said that to me over and over and over, right? What is that to you, right? What Jesus is doing in the lives of other disciples, right? We want to encourage them. We want to build them up. But you know, we need to follow Jesus today. We need to obey him. We need to emulate him, right? We need to grow to know him and we need to help others grow to know him. Verse 22, because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? So, you know, Jesus is teaching Peter a lesson here.
he didn't say that John would remain alive until Jesus' return. And Jesus, this is 2,000 years later, and Jesus has not come back yet. Uh, you know, uh, Lord Jesus, I pray you come back before this teaching ends. Um, but, you know, Jesus did not say. John makes it clear. John is the one who wrote this gospel, right? Um, and John wants to make it clear, but Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? He's saying, Peter, I'm, you know, I'm the one, I'm the boss here. I'm your God. So you need to do what, what I've told you to do and leave him to me. And certainly that's something we need to, to practice in our own lives, right? Verse 24, this is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Everything written in this gospel, everything written in this Bible is true. Jesus is real. Okay? God is real. The Bible is the living word of God. The scriptures is the word of God to us. Our Bible is a holy Bible and it's true. We have this Bible, right? You remember at the end of chapter 20, um, the Apostle John says in verse 30, uh, the last chapter, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name, right? It's true. It's real. Jesus is real. Jesus Christ is a historical figure. And what we have in the scriptures are the actual words of Jesus, the word of God. We have this so that we believe it, so that we walk in it, so that we, we adapt our lives to it, right? This is why we say it's about growing to know Jesus. It's the end of the gospel, right? We've gone through the entire, the entire gospel of John. And he says in verse 24, this is the disciple who testifies to these things, the apostle John, and who wrote them down. John wrote this gospel. We know that his testimony is true. What you have in your Bible is true. We wouldn't do this otherwise. This is why we do this is it's, it's real. It's true. Wherever you are today, if you're not sure you're a Christian again, Rewind the tape and go back and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Genuinely give him your life and your heart and receive him for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. And God the Father will become your heavenly Father. And Jesus Christ will become your Lord and Savior and Master and King. And the Holy Spirit will become your guide, your counselor and your comforter. And then from there you spend the rest of your life walking with Jesus, growing to know him, growing to love him, growing to know his love for you and growing to obey him. It's all true. It's all real. Verse 25, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Think about that scripture for a minute. I was reading and studying the, uh, you know, and, and one of the scholars made a great point um, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, 
I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Jesus, over the last 2,000 years, has done how many things through different people over the centuries, through millions, if not billions of people, right, Dustin? Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down over the last 2,000 years, certainly what Jesus did in the presence of his disciples, right? But look what Jesus has done over the last 2,000 years in every Christian and every disciple that he's ever had, right? It's, you know, it's innumerable, right? Certainly there wouldn't be books to hold it, right? Jesus is consistently working in his people and doing things in and through his people. And John says that if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And that's true. Look what Jesus has done in your life. Look what he's done in my life. Look what he's done in the lives of millions, if not billions of Christians over the millennium, over the centuries, right? It's, you know, we, 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 can't, we can't contain it. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the gospel of John. We thank you, Father, that uh, by your mercy and favor and goodness, we were able to study your word and teach through your word and finish this, this gospel of John. Father, we just thank you for the incredible privilege of reading and studying and meditating on your word and being fed in your word and... Um, and Lord, obeying your word and repenting when we fall short. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures. We thank you for this Gospel of John. We thank you for the privilege at Kingdom Discipleship to read it and study it and to, and to teach it. Father, we ask you to, to seal it to our hearts. Above all, Father, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for becoming a human man for us living a perfect life for us, dying a torturous death for us, and we thank you that you are alive and risen today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts. Seal all the messages to our hearts. Seal this book to our hearts. Seal the Bible to our hearts. We ask that you give us eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear him. We just love you and bless you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.